0: Hello, hi, how are we doing? Are we well? <laughs> we got we're trying to figure out how the lights work and the answer is very complicated. So we it's gonna be this kind of like bisexual lighting setup. that <laughs> yeah, awesome. Unless someone figures out you're actually as lit as we are currently. So it's sort of like trash future, not after dark, but in the dark. Anyway, uh welcome. Um so Uh, Unfortunately, Riley is very sorry that he can't be with us tonight um, because uh, he has severe gastrointestinal distress. (laughs) Um, However, I'm pleased to report that I have used ChatGPT to generate a special AI Riley to speak to you all. Um, AI Riley, are you there?
1: Hi everyone, I'm AI Riley. Uh, Riley, could you just prove to us that it's really you? The Niagara Escarpment produces some of the finest Sauvignon Blanc on the North American continent, and indeed anywhere.
0: I think that's satisfactory. The wonders of technology. So, Riley, could you please make a speech apologizing for not being able to attend the podcast live show at Between the Bridges today, the 28th of November? Because reading Nadine Doris's book has given you a severe gastrointestinal illness. Please go into substantial detail about the symptoms and be sure to mention that your tummy hurts a great deal. Please add that another reason you cannot attend the show is in protest at the fact that we wish to discuss the return of the Elgin marbles. (laughs) Something which you consider to be a red line. Please also include a joke about how if we think you'll return our Parthenon statues, then we must have really lost our marbles.
1: Hey there, Trash Future listeners, it's your favorite sick lefty Riley Quinn, coming to you from a place where the only bridges I'm crossing are between my couch and the bathroom. First things first, I owe you all a massive apology for not being able to make it to the live show at Between the Bridges today. Unfortunately, I find myself in a rather dire situation, and I do mean dire in the most gut-wrenching stomach-churning way possible. You see, in an act of what I can only describe as a masochistic desire to understand the mind of the Minister for Culture, I decided to crack open Nadine Dory's book. And let me tell you it has been an experience that my digestive system vehemently opposes. I'll spare you the gory details, but it's essential that you understand the full extent of my suffering. My stomach has declared a state of emergency, akin to a trash bin under neoliberal policies. It's turning, it's churning, and it's more chaotic than a Cummings blog post. I've experienced more distress in my intestines than the British public watching Boris Johnson attempt a press-up. put it bluntly, my tummy hurts a great deal. And when I say a great deal, I mean I'd rather attend a Davos conference than endure this literary-induced gastrointestinal Armageddon. Now, if that wasn't enough to keep me bedridden and clutching my copy of Marx's Das Kapital for Salt, Jesus Christ, there's another reason why I won't be gracing the live show with my presence tonight. I've got a bone to pick, or shall I say a marble or two. The mere thought of discussing the return of the Elgin Marbles is a red line for me. It's like asking me to endorse a Dominic Rob bedtime audiobook. It's just not happening. And speaking of those marbles, if we seriously believe that discussing their return will lead to anything but disappointment, well then dare I say we've collectively lost our marbles. If we think they'll come back to us like a prodigal statue, then perhaps it's time to reevaluate our expectations. I mean, it's more likely that Pretty Patel will host a teddy bear picnic for refugee children than seeing those marbles return. So as much as I'd love to be there with the Trash Future crew and all you wonderful listeners of Between the Bridges today, please understand that my current state of literary-induced intestinal distress and my unwavering stance on the Elgin Marbles are keeping me far, far away from the live show. I hope you all have a fantastic time without me and engage in discussions that won't provide any more gastrointestinal Turmoil. Love and solidarity to you all. Remember, keep fighting the good fight against bad books and misplaced marbles. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome
0: to the stage Trash Future.
2: Uh, It's rough in your career when you realize you're second fiddle to an AI version of your boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Riley sends his apologies. Uh, Nadine Dorries' book. And bear in mind, this is a man, right, who is a certified Tory book disposer of, right? He Hmm. has seen something. He has survived Ian Duncan Smith's The Devil's Tune. Yeah. A great read. Yeah, exactly. He blurred that. And yet... He read the 336 pages of Nadine Dorries' The Plot, The Political Assassination of Boris Johnson, and was immediately poisoned. <laughs> I have followed in his footsteps, and I have survived it. I've proven myself tougher. Uh, and <laughs> Nadine Dorries' book is like the tape from The Ring. Except
0: it gives you norovirus.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a slight latency period. I'm like the walking dead. I don't even know. But, like, as soon as I get off stage, it's going to be out of every orifice. You know, yeah. it's, it's over for me.
0: Well, the good thing is it would never, like, be a plague among teenagers in a single town because, like, none of them would ever finish reading the book. And you do have to finish it. It only affects
2: Riley. hmm yeah. So I read all 336 pages of this. And... The general consensus on the plot, the political assassination of Boris Johnson, right, is that it's swivel-eyed lunacy, it's like a pack of lies, it's a defense of Boris Johnson that's extremely partisan, uh, and to the point of being nonsense. And it is all of those things. But she was in the room, she was there, as she was in the limo beside Boris that day at Dallas outside the Texas School Book Depository, right? Right. <laughs> mm. And so I thought I would do Nadine Doris the favor of hearing her out, right? Who brought down Boris? And just to spoil it for you, the answer at every turn is himself. (laughs)
3: <laughs> if, you, if you
2: look up to the window of the Texas School Book Depository there is a shock of blonde hair and a rifle pointing down the most magic bullet of all where you fire it
0: and like that film Wanted with James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie
3: the bullet curves
0: from the limo all the way around the Texas Book Depository and into the back of his own head
2: <laughs> but this is reading between the lines on paper, right the answer is it's a shadowy cabal Who's in the shadowy cabal? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into the deep into the twisted conspiratorial mind of Nadine Doris. But the, the main thing to take away from this is who cares, right? Like, <laughs> if you needed Nadine Doris to open your third eye, that the Conservative Party is not particularly democratic, that Westminster is not particularly nice, and that Boris had a lot of enemies, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Nadine Doris has aligned me chakras.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm feeling at one with the vibrations of all things.
2: (laughs) So, I should say, as of mid this month, Nadine Doris has sold 5,500 copies of this book.
4: So in in the publishing world... Can you bring me up? Maybe I'm <laughs> loud enough, You can hear me The Nate's mic <laughs> the, the, See this is the thing Yeah right? that's the that deep once,
2: state in action Once you start seeing the conspiracy It's tendrils reach everywhere Right mm. All of the noise outside That's the wonker premiere Right Coincidence I think not Nate's mic being cut Riley getting they, uh, norovirus the Deep
4: state doesn't want to hear the, the mid-grade joke I'm about to deliver Which is that <laughs> When you sell 5,500 copies of a book That's called two and a half glinners. <laughs> it's publishing industry terminology They all know it just ask anyone. <laughs>
2: yeah. So the, the wonka gender trying to silence is notwithstanding. Yeah. I, sold... I heard that as the wonka gender, which <laughs> is a terrifying what, thought. What is Willy Wonka's gender? This is this, You've got to go and see Timothy Chalamet explore this and much, much more. I mean, the um, purple
0: velour suit, we can only
2: speculate. <laughs> so she sold 5,500 copies. Thanks to this fiasco, two of them are us. <laughs>
0: I tell you what, you only buy Nadine Doris's book twice in your life. Once on the way up and once on the way down.
5: <laughs> it was
0: a very brief time at the top for Trash Future. What? Oh, okay. hey, well, uh, the, the
2: Illuminati the, are back. The fucking deep state. Yes, it's, it's after again. us again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should say, okay. she starts this book with the deep state too. Because she begins with, uh, Boris is out, Liz is in. She wants you to know Liz offered her her old job back, which, yeah, sure. But she's, she's confronting, like, the human wreckage of MPs who have failed to back Boris, right? And all of them are bereft, all of them are lost. Um, and the problem with them is, they're all
0: wearing dirty bathrobes.
2: <laughs> well, the thing is that they don't have the backbone, right? Mm. They, uh, they're sort of, you know. She, she says actually, let me find the thing, sorry. Yes. Oh God. Now I see why the AI gets precedence over me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lacked the inherent courage, this is one of the MPs she sees sort of like crying into his tea, required to stand up for what he had done, and the dawning realization of that just added to his woes. He was a good man at heart. But one who may have been better suited to a form of public service that did not involve playing the role of a foot soldier in an army where words were the ammunition of battle and the courage of your convictions your shield. (laughs)
5: <laughs> that's, just give, like, give. that's just like living your life. Like, your words, you use words all the time. Like, when people that's interact true. with you, it's like, on the basis that you should say something trustworthy and vice versa. That's just living, just, that's just being alive <laughs> in the world. Oh
4: my God. I'm really confused by that metaphor, though, because if he is a foot soldier in the army, is that to imply that Boris Johnson is a private in a military unit of other Boris Johnson and they just get <laughs> hornier and blonder as you ascend in rank? <laughs> How many more are there?
5: That's why. That's that's why they were afraid of him because he yeah. has so many children like what is he doing with
2: that sending another regiment of Borises over the top of the trenches uh, but trust me it's worse when she doesn't use metaphors right, right. because okay she, she looks at this guy and she says he had WhatsApped me and asked how do we turn this around and get the boss back this mp was using the term boss as a way of declaring his loyalty <laughs> Letting me know, I am on side again. You can trust me. What? I- like he's at the kebab shop, <laughs>
0: referring to the prime minister as boss man of the UK.
2: They removed <laughs> Boris from the big kebab counter that is Number Ten. Don- yeah, yeah, yeah. Doner or shish, quoth the prime minister. <laughs> Chili garlic. <laughs>
0: that's, wh- that's why you wouldn't let the Greek prime minister in. It was fucking. It was <laughs> Turkish supremacy. <laughs>
2: But so she she sort of she starts in this conspiratorial vein already, where she's she's talking about how she's a minister and she's in her ministerial car and Steve Bray. We know Steve Bray, the stop Brexit guy. Uh, he, oh he, yeah, yeah yeah okay. yeah. With the, you know the he's the, still doing it
5: really. I walked past the other day. He's still there.
2: Well, the tendrils of conspiracy begin with Steve Bray. Okay. If that is his real name. Well
5: well, actually good for him because like if that is if he is really the villain or one mm. of the villains of the story, like mm. all I can say is well, he rattled he rattled him. It's
2: true. He won! He won! She is so profoundly rattled in
0: this A man who every day yells into a cone, and what is a cone but
2: another form of pyramid? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. No, he yells at her car, and she has this whole thing about how, first of all, Steve Bray isn't his real name, and from then on she refers to him as Steve Bray, with air quotes. (laughs) The, the so-called Steve Bray. And this is before
0: we've encountered any of the nicknames that she gives people in yes, this book. Yes, yeah.
2: it absolutely is. Steve Bray is secretly an agent mm. of the deep state because uh he's never been moved on by police. He he's like lives next door to Jacob Rees-Mogg, apparently. And I I don't know. I don't care. And now that, that is a
0: sitcom waiting to happen. They go in it's like Jacob Rees-Mogg in his like night dress and like wee willy winky hat and then he's just hearing like don't break shit from like the next room and he's like oh will that infernal man ever shut up
3: nanny nanny
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and then it's like Bray and Mog will be back after the break.
2: (laughs) There there is a dark bit here, though, because Mm -hmm. she says, Steve Bray, Steve Bray, shouting at my car, re-traumatized me from the time I was in Parliament, and that guy stabbed the cop outside? And me and Grant Shapps, we were in Parliament, Expect and Grant Shapps, by the way, was a coward. (laughs) This yeah. is legitimately everything about this every time you meet a Tory MP the key determinant is has he or she been nice to Nadine Doris? and if no there's going to be a little dig or a long dig uh, it just it reads as if you're like reading the proceeds of an employment tribunal which <sighs> functionally
0: a, you are it's a shame as well because imagine if Grant Shapps had taken that man down the headlines you could have had <laughs> grant sharps grant shanks
2: <laughs> I just, I think it's a little bit, I I will never defend a Tory MP, I think it's a slightly unfair standard to go you did not personally intervene in a terrorist attack, but Why? instead you were scared like a bitch. Why did Grant Shapps not have the burner on him? Why was he not packing that thing? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why was Grant Shapps not prepared to make it bark at any opportunity? <laughs> Why was he not like Jason Bourne, watching the accents? <laughs>
0: Ron Sharps may not make it bark, but he does make the pussy turn red. I, just, anyway.
4: I don't know. I don't want to open this door because now I imagine Liz Truss saying, pull up with a stick in that voice of hers. <laughs> and I just feel as though like my psyche is fracturing.
0: Um, pull up with a stick.
4: Has a whole different connotation in the yeah. world of BDS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's are, pulled up on a stick for there sure. There is
2: some trust stuff in this, believe me. But so mm-hmm. she reminisces a bit because she will have you, you know, that she was uh, Secretary of State for Culture, Media, and Sport under Boris, right? And this was great because it was filled with optimism that they could change the country. And the optimism that she remembers is what the sandwiches were like at cabinet meetings. (laughs) I shit you not, there is a paragraph and a half going in on the bacon sandwiches that the cabinet <laughs> office serves. And then she combines this like weird axe grinding thing, because she meets Simon Case, who is the like, cabinet secretary. And mm-hmm. this is verbatim. Simon Case, the cabinet secretary, the highest civil servant in the land, who reported directly to the prime minister and ran the entire number 10 operation. I had often offended him by saying the coffee in number 10 was disgusting. <laughs> the level of competitiveness in Westminster means that gossip is rife and unpleasant commentary about individuals is never far from anyone's lips. I try to make my own judgments, and despite being truthful about the coffee, I think I got on with Simon very well.
0: Speaking truth to power, (laughs) the highest civil servant in the land gets to be in charge of the Flavia machine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's not even done, there's a bit more. It did occur to me though, that if he wanted to give the appearance of being good at his job, why didn't he get someone to sort out the coffee? I feel like this was ghostwritten
4: by like a parakeet, <laughs> but the parakeet was in fact in the room in all of these high-level it's, meetings
2: for some reason. It's weirdly food and drink focused. Like, I think N- Nadine is like very susceptible to the craft services. There's a bit later mm. on where the conspiracy's nature is revealed to her, and the next sentence is, it was the best celeriac soup I had ever had in my life. <laughs> Say what you will about the Illuminati. They've got good caterers.
0: (laughs) You don't get to the top of the global conspiracy game without knowing someone who can put together a buffet.
2: Mm. So her two passions as being uh, head of CMS in Boris were the coffee is shit and all of my colleagues are dickheads. Um, and she goes through them Around the table Like Sajid Javid Gets in for some Grant Shapps again Despite you know Already having had it For the terrorist attack Grant thing. Shapps the coward <laughs> Refused to fight Al-Qaeda With his bare hands Interesting uh, <laughs> The assassination
4: Of Boris Johnson By the coward Grant Shapps. Yeah, yeah. Failed to do kung fu Dominic Rob would never If he had been there He would have karate dadded The shit out of that guy
0: and Grant <laughs> Shapps said He was putting it on me I would say Grant Shapps is never put it on
2: me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just kind of very cruel and weird. And the tone is a bit like, to summarize it, I would say it's Tory Regina George, right? And if you think that, oh, Alice, you're being unfair. You're being misogynistic. You know, it's a book by one. This is a book that includes the line, I observed the goings-on surreptitiously from beneath my lashes.
0: (laughs) This... (laughs) Well, they're this, that big that they <laughs> act as cover. It's like in
2: like a bird watching blind, like- <laughs> Yeah, terrorists, terrorists bang on the door, Grant Shapps dives under Nadine's eyelashes This is a book that includes the line It is a bright sunny morning as I leave my flat And head out across the river to meet with Boris My new trainers squeaked annoyingly Backpacks slung across my shoulders I was embarking upon a new phase in my life And the new phase isn't the last year in high school
4: This reads like the book that gets published Where like the promising but died too young Freshman at Yale has rich parents And gets the book, the memoir published And it's just Mm. like Wow, what could have been, but this is the former foreign secretary. She, secretary? she was culture
2: secretary. Culture secretary. Yeah. I can never keep it straight. Uh, uh, Culture's foreign. <laughs> Weirdly, we
5: Weirdly never used to have that in Britain. <laughs> this is well, actually, like on this point, this does this does give me the vibe of like a very bad YA novel in the sense yes. that like here is like this bright-eyed, uh, innocent, um, you know, mm. woman who was, just wants to do good in the world, and she meets this, you know. Uh, well she meets this oafish man who's slightly <laughs> charming but the also has, a, man, has, a, has a, every woman wants mm. <laughs> that's right yeah um, and he was like slighted by his enemies and so this book is a mm. way of getting justice for him
2: yeah it's like an opera in a lot of ways I was
5: going to say it's like twilight but I, it's not really twilight I don't know what kind of way is Fifty Shades of
2: Sue Gray uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
5: Look you bought Tickets to this (laughs) You you
0: just listened To Riley Do an AI voice Of himself For two minutes And that really Was written by ChatGPT That's how little
2: Work we put Into this show you swine! So, well, that- Strangely, her, her having been culture secretary does bleed through in a few moments because she was in charge of the online safety bill and she was in charge of Twitter. And so she's picked up little words here and there. She earnestly says that to the 2019 intake of Tory MPs, Twitter, and these are her words, is triggering. She says multiple times that the Tory, the Tory left is gaslighting Boris. <laughs>
4: Oh no (laughs) I feel like Boris is a man who could just not be gaslit Like definitionally Mm. you cannot gaslight that man
2: I mean he sort of gaslights himself
4: over the course of the book But (laughs) also uh, what gets me about this is the idea I mean I realize the thesis is maybe a little more nuanced But the Mm. maybe a little No Not that, that Boris failed. Boris Johnson failed as prime minister no, because no, he of did a conspiracy. everything right.
0: He got all the big calls right. Well, he can it, only be failed. Yeah. It's, just,
4: it's just one of those, it's like if you were a conspirator in the the woke Illuminati or mm. whoever Nadine mm. Dorries' Bet noir is here, I feel like the best occupation of your time to bring down Boris Johnson is to go down the pub and just sit because that man <laughs> will find a way to whip out his enormous preapic dick and step mm. on it numerous times in the span <laughs> of one oh, day.
0: Yeah. Like, Nadine, they're gaslighting me. They keep telling me that that Wiff Waff is called Table Tennis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bloody not. So so she starts getting mysterious texts, and she says of one of her first sources, the MI6 building winked in the sunlight at me, which... (laughs) Imagine being on the MI6 Boris Detail, first of all. Um, So either it's it's a YA novel or she's on mushrooms and doesn't know it. Horny MI6. People start texting her to be like, you've got to tell the truth about this. And essentially this like stack of anonymous informants who talk exactly (laughs) like Nadine Doris.
4: (laughs) You've got to tell the truth about this. The NHS staff actually were cheered and greatly energized by that boat whipping shitties in the middle of the river and honking its horn for some reason. (laughs) Can I just ask a question before you go
5: yeah, into it? Yeah, of course. Is there, is there a situation is there, are there any parts of his book where she basically implies that she can fix him?
2: It's I would say strongly implied. <laughs> so, <laughs>
5: so So she it gets it for like the cabal of enemies, she could have like turned him into like
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a
5: YA novel. It's a wild. It,
2: it, it is. It absolutely is. So she goes to see this mysterious source, this like MI six building winking source, whom she code <laughs> she codenames Diver Girl. What? After after a bit in the opening of You Only Live Twice, every anonymous source subsequently is also given a Bond code name, and I am doubly tortured as host of a podcast about James Bond. <laughs> So she goes to meet with this woman in a pub. Immediately, everyone in the pub that she's going to secretly, secretly goes, "Holy shit, is that Nadine Doris?" So uh, she
0: she blows. She's it. like the sexiest woman in the whole cabinet,
2: <laughs> and she's yeah, here in this pub YA. with us. It's, it's Y A. It's fully Y A. Mm. And she goes, "Okay, listen. All of the Boris uh, like defense lines are true. He got all the big calls right. Uh, Partygate was a stitch up. You got to write about it." Uh, and she says. <laughs> But no one will speak to me, I wailed feebly. I'm, I'm not Tim Shipman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dinghy at best. <laughs> it, it will be hopeless. I like to write historical and romantic novels. So does Tim Shipman about Keir Starmer and someone who's not his wife. <laughs> we will never ever read those. I sounded pathetic. Don't look for obstacles, Diver Girl said. You can go back to writing your cozy Catherine Cookson-esque novels afterwards. Which, you've heard her writing style, this is a bit fucking generous. And I've heard of convenient, but your first anonymous source's first thing is to blurb your fucking books? (laughs) Strains maybe the limits of credulity a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, she, she sort of sets up to uncover, in her words... The Gordian Knot, leading me to people and events that, uh, that interlinked and draped across Westminster and number 10 like a ghostly spider's web. Once again, the mm.
4: metaphors, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah the,
4: the spider's web that a ghost would make.
2: and yeah. the thi-
0: That Jacob Marley bracket spider, <laughs>
2: you know?
4: And so, spider Marley. Yes. <laughs>
2: So the thing is, Spider right,
4: Bob Cratchit is a lot less worried about Tiny Tim. He has like a thousand children and his wife's <laughs> going to give birth
2: again in a month. <laughs> That's all right. He'll eat Tiny Tim. He doesn't give a fuck. So, so to defend Nadine Doris, which I don't like to do, she is a Tory MP. She was in cabinet a bit, right? This is an inside, like ringside seat in exactly how Boris was brought down, right? There is a genuine mystery here. The problem is the detective who arrives is genuinely the dumbest person I've ever read. It's it's like Poirot with a massive head injury. Oh, it's Captain Hastings. (laughs) (laughs) This is a woman who, in interviewing one of these anonymous sources, accidentally sits too close to a fireplace and burns her leg. And then includes that detail in her own narrative. There's, She's honest. Yes, yeah, well this is it. There's this combination of stupidity and shamelessness that mm. I almost respect, right? Mm. Almost. So she goes to see Boris, and because of the Bond thing, this chapter is titled Boris Battling Against Odd Job. <laughs>
4: who's odd job? That is a
2: man who's had some odd jobs in his time. <laughs> <laughs> but who is odd job in this doesn't say. Okay. G- Gove, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but so... Rishi Sunak because he's short and so is Aja? Yeah, it never actually says. Um, who, who wears a hat a lot in the Tory. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg? <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, she, she likes Rees-Mogg because he was nice to her at Cabinet. Oh, okay. Um, but so she goes to see him and half of the book fully is interviews with anonymous sources who agree with everything she says and half of it or like 49.9% is interviews with Boris. And... Every single time, Boris tries it on with her with one of those, like, allusions, one of those, like, classical education things he likes to do, where he's like, oh, you know, this reminds me of a poem, you know, braver man than I gunked Din, or whatever, right? Mm. And she never gets it. And every time, because of the shamelessness, she never she mentions that she doesn't get it. She goes to see she goes to see Boris. Right? This is a little bit of spoilers, but whatever. I can see it now," said Boris. The plot was always to get Rishi in. I just couldn't see it at the time. It's like this Manchurian candidate, their stooge. Mm. I looked quizzical. <laughs>
0: what is the manchurian <laughs> candidate
2: you remember the film he laughed i tried to look as though i knew what he was talking about <laughs> like the, the the two remaining of nadine doris's
0: brain cells like frantically googling <laughs> stuff and going like probably some kind of chinese man <laughs> Do a Chinese voice. That will probably
2: be in keeping. Coming out of the meeting with the false misapprehension that Rishi Sunak is Chinese. I I also, I mean, like, look,
4: I can empathize with not understanding the allusions to the classics. Oh, I'm just Mm. not. No relation to my day job on a podcast called Trash Future (laughs) as a guy with a, a great education from the state of Indiana, but... I'm kind of... The, all right. So, the Manchurian Candidate thing. There was a remake of that in, like, the 2000s. She's mm. unaware of that. Didn't, as, didn't see it, I guess. No. So... <laughs>
2: she, it was called the Manchurian Candidate. Was she, the, yeah, way, the way right. she finishes this is she says, We both laughed. I didn't know what I was laughing at.
5: <sighs>
2: She's just like me. She's just, he, he was in a very, It's, like, really relatable. <laughs> yeah. He was in a very happy frame of mind. It's the trash-eacher experience.
0: Nadine, can I just say you're looking like um. You're looking like the pass at Thermopylae this morning. (laughs) i tell you what, I bet you could get 300 blokes in there, but it's still pretty tight. (laughs) (laughs) So so her first, like... (laughs) And she's like, thank you for the compliment, Prime Minister.
2: (laughs) Doing a Chinese bow as much as she can. The yeah. first strand of the Gordian knot, right? She suspects, mm. is Michael Gove and Dominic Cummings working together because they're all a bit sinister. Which leads to this: Boris threw his head back when I described Cummings as odd job to Gove's Goldfinger. That's God. Okay, so Cummings. Yeah. Cummings is odd job. And yeah. laughed out loud. Gove finger. He blurted out. <laughs> <laughs> Go Finger! <laughs> go I laughed too, finger. slightly peeved that I hadn't thought of the joke myself. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck, if only I thought of Go Finger! <laughs> stupid stupid
4: he's got the wife the wife with the horny column <laughs> i mean on one hand this reads like you said somebody who was on deadline and started their manuscript mm. immediately after being hit by a bus <laughs> and on the other hand there's a part of me that feels like if one of us ever wrote a tell all memoir it would read mostly like this oh sure yeah which is terrifying in a way to be confronted with your own future oh yeah <laughs> That's
5: coming out music. next year by the way Pre-orders up so leg soon. Yeah, double day.
2: So, like, fully half of this book is Boris making weak jokes, but he. he (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about this. (laughs) (laughs) He he says that he hired Dominic Cummings as a samurai robot, which is. Well, Asimo.
4: <laughs> once again, once again, that Dominic Rob getting the shaft here, like because if there's a samurai <laughs> robot I was, in Parliament, I was
0: built to sell so Hondas Now they're making me protect Dominic Rob. <laughs>
2: I come won't do it. Would have come in very handy when Grant Shapps was shitting the bed. Yeah, that's um, right. So, Asimo has a code of honor. <laughs> <laughs> He'll die to protect Nadine Dorries. So she sort of dredges up everything she remembers about working with Michael Gove, and let me tell you. This book treats Michael Gove strangely. Um, okay. It, incredibly normal man. Please well, continue. The thing is, mm. Michael Gove is an abnormal man, but the way he's written about here, no one else has written about this way, and she's talking about some freaks. She's talking about Dominic Cummings, and Cummings gets mm. a kind of treatment than this. Gove is hanging around Balliol like a lovesick schoolboy waiting to be in the company of Boris. He is a boy of 18 besotted with Boris.
5: So he's the love rival yeah. to her. Yeah. He's, YA novel, he's
2: right? always the bridesmaid, never the bride in leadership contests. Stabbing Boris in the back was just another act in the Michael show of tortured ambition, which is really all about Michael and his failings to be the man he fully expected to be. Just call him the EFSA! <laughs> <laughs> Just
4: say the... I mean, when you said stabbing in the back was all... I was like, oh, say it. Is she going to say it? Is she going to say he wants to fuck him? (laughs) Is she she that bold? But no. No, no, no. No. We've edged, but I'm never brought to completion, and I hate this. No, To
1: Too
2: (laughs) gove. Do you expect me to gove? Okay, so... (laughs) 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 We we progress... We progress towards... No, Boris, I expect you to come... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we progress towards a theme here. Um, mm-hmm. So she kind of speculates for a bit that Gove's lust for power is like this deep psychosexual need because he was adopted. It's like, it's so mean. It's That's, it's, that's <laughs> the linkage. Yeah, it's because he was adopted. He was like, it felt inferior uh, at Oxford. <laughs>
0: I tell you what, if you're looking for your real father, I'm not the worst place to fucking start.
2: <laughs> 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 and the image the image that she wants you to Why have I don't remember that. <laughs> the image she wants you to have of Gove. The ghost of Gove was in every meeting. His spies were everywhere. But she also talks about him, his marriage breaking down and about him like mm. dancing in nightclubs in Aberdeen and doing coke, allegedly. And
0: Dancing in a nightclub in Aberdeen is typically the first sign of distress. <laughs> Tory MPs only do this when they're very unwell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely, though, she wants you to believe that Michael Gove is this weird gay loser with no friends who is also coked up and dancing at three in the morning and who has spies Everywhere, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Trash Future, Michael. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm kidding. We don't have spies everywhere. We, we gotta find. We gotta find more anonymous sources. So she starts getting more texts again, and these mysterious anonymous texts say, "Speak to IDS. Familiarize yourself with what happened to him." the people who removed IDS are still there and they are now far more powerful and accomplished in the dark arts.
3: (laughs) Like like he's
0: going to be like sat in the lotus
2: position at the top of K2.
0: You got to hike up to IDS and you get to ask him three questions. And he's like, I swore I'd
2: never give birth to William Hague again. <laughs> I mean, this is basically what happens. He's basically Yoda in this because okay. she, he, <laughs> he, he says, like, um, <laughs> mm, horny for the Prime Minister, you are. <laughs> Quiet man turning up the volume is. Uh, <laughs> so, so she goes to see him and he's like, okay, Michael Howard, Cameron Osborne, and the Cabal. All colluded to get me out, and then get Michael Howard out. Um, <laughs> Michael Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Imagine, imagine you the greatest defeat of your career being to Michael Howard, a Wait. man, a man who is so weird he wouldn't have been allowed to pre- pre- present. Jim will fix it. Like, do you understand? <laughs> I can't get through one sentence without making people. Very uneasy. <laughs> they briefly thought I was going to be prime minister. Didn't happen.
2: <laughs> so, so, IDS tells her that, like, like, this is verbatim IDS, by the way. He's the only other named source in the book. They hadn't reckoned on how tough I could be or how clear my thinking was. My bitch, too bad. I smoke more different than anyone. Uh, it's true. And he tells her the nature of the conspiracy, which, first of all, it is anti wife. Right? This no! Is, this, is, this is just when the stuff about uh, Rishi's wife's non-dom status had come out. Mm. Um, and Yeah, Rishi is not a sub. Confirmed. <laughs> I'm guessing that they leaked the stuff about his wife at the point when they thought they were losing his grip on him. The trashing of the wife's reputation totally out of their playbook. They've done it twice with Betsy, Duncan, Smith, and Carrie. It's their pattern and it won't stop. They hate wives. <laughs> Bet- <laughs> Betsy Duncan Smith, one of the more well-known
4: political wives, a woman I'm yeah.
0: hearing about for the first time right
4: now. <laughs> Wait, is
2: it Betsy or Bexy? Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. Okay,
4: Bexy would be like this is like this person just yeah, he's, he's owns like, the Bexie copyright Duncan to slavery <laughs> <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm imagining a woman beating in Duncan Smith over the head with a rolling pin. Mm.
2: So uh, note, this advances the theme, right? And it advances a bit more when he says, Oh, this cabal, they all used to be big fans of Michael Portillo. IDS also says, They're like elephants. They never forget. Cross them and they will come after you eventually, no matter how long it takes.
0: I mean, like, is that what elephants are known for? Coming after you no matter what it takes? <laughs> like, If you fuck with an elephant at the zoo, they will fucking find you. They will break out of that zoo. They mm. will cross continents if they have to, and they will fucking shank you, and Grant Shapps won't stop them.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> elephants will join Al-Qaeda if they have to.
2: <laughs> so, so IDS pins it all on this group, which is called uh, The Movement. Mm-hmm. Now, The Movement... Yeah, I know. It's like the organisation, the movement Mm. used to be the Federation of Conservative Students, who were these kind of like militant libertarian Thatcher fanboys who Norman Tebbit shut down because they were getting embarrassing for Thatcher. They were like the Hang Mandela people, weren't they? Oh, let me let
0: me tell you, the Federation (laughs) was way over. It was the same song, but it was just Hang instead of Free.
2: (laughs) The Federation was way over on the very right of the party. It was actually funded by the party back then, but they caused a lot of trouble. I mean, it was putting forward the total liberalization of drug laws, incest, pedophilia, hanging Nelson Mandela
5: non pedos.
4: If you want to understand Paul Staines, and thereby you want to understand all mm. politics in this country, yeah. that's just it, right there. He, he
2: shows up in this book in a sort of "no one tells this guy what to write" way, which mm. "Free all of the pedos." <laughs> um,
0: I, I actually have a very funny story about that song, which is I had I had the roof down in my car at the Old Street roundabout, mm. and I was listening to Radio 2 because, "What else do I do in my car?" And um, I discovered what the most emb- embarrassing song is to come on as as a you know 20 something year old white boy at a london mm. roundabout with the roof down in your car and it is free nelson mandela <laughs> 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 with just like a large tourist group still on the pavement next to you as <laughs> so
2: i'm just bumming like yeah i've supported him since back in the day actually <laughs> <laughs> so this one takes me back <laughs> so okay fine take her at her word there is a weird mysterious like incestuous nexus here the problem mm. is right This is Westminster. This is one of about fucking hundreds of them. And there's no distinction. This is the only one. The movement is the only sinister cabal in politics. And at their head is a mysterious figure codenamed Dr. No. (laughs) <laughs> I guess the thing that gets me about this Is that we
4: know that every single one of these Shadowy role players mm. has to also Be someone in Westminster and the ones yeah. that we do Know personally she's describing them like They're ringwraiths when they're just like weird Weird wife swappers who Are extremely <laughs> like s- angry about A slight they perceived as being too mm. Personal from like 1999
2: Oh we will get to the wife swapping
4: um. Well, I was gonna say when you <laughs> mentioned Steve Bray and Jacob Rees-Mogg living next to each other I was like well that does facilitate <laughs> some yeah. things if you're into that
0: <laughs> so, so <laughs> I have made loan to Mr. Bray of Calpurnia <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, or whatever
0: Jacob Reeswog's wife is called Something, it's not that, but it might as well it's, be I think it's annunciata, honest <laughs> to god
4: uh, so, My wife is called announcement yeah. uh, <laughs> so, Alright, so basically You have to get on the duty roster to hang out with cru- Crucifixion <laughs> rees
2: I say, have you met my wife, Tanoy? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dr. No is at the heart of this At the head of this And at uh, the deputy head of this Is a mysterious Tory dark arts operator Called Dougie Smith now these aren't the same Teach person. Teach me how to. <laughs> these are not the same person, right? Because she makes a bunch of allegations against Dr. No in a masterful legal way and only three or four times slips up and heavily implies that they're the same person. Um, <laughs> Dougie Smith is basically the guy from the Falls Wario. <laughs> Dougie Smith Dougie Smith is basically (laughs) Malcolm He's Malcolm Tucker is what he is Because Westminster people have no imagination And when they see a Scotsman swearing at them They go holy fuck Make a whole TV series about this This is an elder demon This is a man who will like hound all of us To an early grave Um, So Dougie Smith also at the heart of number 10, and a conservative lifer who used to run the Fever-branded sex parties and now has almost no internet (laughs) footprints. He he is now a key advisor to Rishi and has been his friend for many years. Dougie had been a speechwriter under David Cameron and is is reported of having said of his own sex parties, it's more action than any man can dream of. You know, the thing that gets me, like, I'm not saying it's good. Okay, go ahead. And described his partygoers as the SAS of sex. (laughs) Who... who comes wins <laughs> look i'm not saying i'm show up in the middle of the night kill all the military age males on target yeah <laughs> yeah
4: i'm not saying it's better i'm saying it is worse but something that's always very strange to me is that in the united states basically your political career ends if they find out you didn't call a SWAT team on a sex party that you mm. knew mm-hmm. existed, yeah. much less attending one. Sure. And so it's just very, well, running one. a little yeah. bit disconcerting for me because you hear these things and it's like, oh yeah, you know, when I was at the no loads, refuse, come dump for all, Tory yeah. off, <laughs> looking like like fringe conference, fringe event, <laughs> this important detail was revealed to me and it's just treated in passing and you're just like, do you guys just all fuck yeah. all of each other yeah. and your spouses yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. various no bongs refuse brexit a- come the animals yeah. that have been missing from the zoo for a while like surely the sas of sex is <laughs>
0: you're handcuffed to a chair they're shining a bright light in your
2: face i mean you're completely naked and they're I calling mean, you a bitch yeah <laughs> so, so she makes a bunch of allegations against exclusively dr no and mm. dr no is said to have been on remand for arson one time Of having butchered a girlfriend's kid's brother's pet rabbit and left it nailed to her door as a warning? What? Look, I was trying to make a fucking paella. It was a misunderstanding. (laughs) (laughs) And and I just note here that she says of Dougie Smith, a different man, having experienced my own telephone call with Dougie and the menace in his thick Scottish accent, I could imagine how disturbing it had been.
3: Um, (laughs) I mean, it does...
0: Give
2: do you, you want it
0: deep-fried or not? It's a simple <laughs> question.
4: That, that to a certain kind of Southern English person, anything mm. in a Scottish accent is intimidating and, and yeah. violent by yeah. design. Mm. But I'm just wondering, who, who is is there any clue that you can
2: deduce mm. who this might be? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly say who Dr. No is. Um... I mean, listen, I don't pretend like there's no like dirty tricks or blackmail or like dark arts or whatever in politics. But like at the end of the day, this is a shouty man with a telephone. And this is a woman who claimed to feel terrorized by Steve Bray earlier. So I I think maybe maybe she's not in fear for her life but she does say dr no is actually dom jolly (laughs) (laughs) dr dr no loves violence too if ever there (laughs) unlike the coward grant Uh (laughs) shaft if ever there is a demonstration in downing street and he's in there he will slip out of the back door into the street and he seeks out the violent clashes (laughs) <laughs> he he doesn't take part. He just cruises around and watches. He's just He's just a guy who likes going to various
5: and conflicting demonstrations and doing taxi driver monologues. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's like he supports both sides. I
0: heard yeah. a rumor that Doctor No, much like Charlie Bronson, when he sees a protest outside Parliament, strips completely naked, greases
2: himself up <laughs> with Lurpak, and unleashes
0: himself into the crowd where it'll be harder to catch.
2: <laughs> so we now get this long, long list of everyone who was like in Dallas the day that Big Dog was assassinated, right? Which is the Big Dog. The big anyway, dog. sorry. Dougie Smith, Michael Gove, Robbie Gibb, Munira Mirza, Lee Kane, Oliver Letwin, Simon Case, and many, many more. Cleo Watson comes in for some of, like, the pretty horrible misogynist jealousy stuff, because she's Dominic Cummings' bit of posh and who is like notorious for bullying Priti Patel for saying stupid shit at cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: this is why support. they Crit- invented
2: the concept of critical support. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you do have to hand it to Cleo Watson a bit for taking the piss out of Pretty Patel. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff here. If you see past like everyone at Vote Leave was devastated that they won except Boris mysteriously. Um, There's also a weird bit about how the movement are pushing exclusively transphobia as a culture war issue. And Oliver Letwin comes in because he sends like a nice tweet to Jamie Wallace, the like one trans Tory MP and immediately gets like raked over the coals by the movement for it. And listen, I don't know. Right. Nadine Doris is the single least equipped person in the world to tell me whether or not any of this is accurate. But it does make me think, oh, okay, yeah, all of this stuff with, like, serious, like, lethal consequences downstream can just come from, like, one guy getting yelled at and going, oh, sorry, never do it again. You know? I will never send a supportive tweet. Everyone is Grant Shapps. No one has the courage to resist Um Al-Qaeda. Britain
4: (laughs) simply needed to invent transphobia boston asimo yeah to defend i, mean, I guess i guess not mm. transphobic boston <laughs> oh, asimo that would be fucked <laughs> up oh, Shit, <Jesus laughs> Fuck.
2: I, I am forced i don't even have anything against him i was built to sell hondas <laughs> i am forced in self it's the gayest defense car i can think of to, to kick transphobic asimo down a flight of stairs <laughs> um but so so i spare you about a hundred pages of boris got everything right you know he had all the votes there's some weird like stuff where he's like Boris was the only one who was anti lockdown and it was lockdown was like a sort of govist conspiracy. Uh the parties The govists. Yeah. The, the, the it, it was it was it was it was gofinger all along. Uh you know the the, <laughs> the parties that you saw him at weren't parties. People didn't care even though they did. The press office had worse parties anyway. Uh all of this. Yeah. You know, whatever. Fine. Don't care. Goes past me. He is out and we get to Liz Truss who Burns with the intensity of a hundred thousand suns on small government. <laughs> and the thing is, the movement hate Liz Truss because she's an outsider who doesn't mix with the money men of the globe. Now,
0: uh-huh. uh huh. All right. Or, or the money men of the gove. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the money men of the globe in that exact formulation show up quite a few times. Ah. Uh, Mostly mm. in connection with Rishi. Never in connection with Boris. And so Doctor No is like on and off of yachts and stuff, something that Boris has never been, talking to the money men of the globe. And at one point, Boris is forced to seek wise counsel from the beneficent, not one of the money men of the globe, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> who shows up to tell him to be more ruthless. And Nadine's like, Yeah, you should you should be that. I'm just interested in the idea that they were,
4: she she creates this sort of pseudonym mm. as the money men of the globe, the Not, money men of the globe, and yeah. it's like we all read this like, oh, you could just just be overtly anti-Semitic, but sure. it'd be very funny. She's like, no, I meant Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> They're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like hedge fund guys who have sex parties. We have a lot in common. And it's like just being such a ham-fisted writer inten- mm. unintentionally made us think she was just going to drop a big
2: Soros on us right oh, there. Oh yeah, no. So they hate liz because she's an outsider and she wants to make britain's economy work and so to discredit her and get rishi in the movement release a dodgy dossier accusing her of all kinds of weird depraved sex shit. and i just like to say it was an honor to be a part of that operation (laughs) i mean I do like the idea—the idea that
4: if you could, if you could waive the Official Secrets Act for a day and get mm. into the file of the true dossier that brought brought down Liz Truss, coming through the index just... to bathrobe <laughs> 25. Well, this is the
2: thing. She corroborates the bathrobe thing in this. <laughs> she does di- because... Because she says, oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. And then a couple of pages later, she's like, oh, yeah, Liz Liz would never be Prime Minister because of the money men of the globe, because it can be expensive being Prime Minister, as she found out when they billed her 12 grand for a week at Checkers, Bathrobes. Bathrobes. All I'm, it can I'm, be. I'm just saying that it would be very funny if you open up that archive, and it's just like each
4: individual tweet is like got a sort of like evidence summary written on it, but it's just all of you talking about the necklace. Mm. Just the necklace. <laughs> it's like, this is the thing the deep state found out. Like... Wait, she, she,
2: she's into sex? No British politician's ever been like yeah. that before. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Jacob Rees-Mogg and I had both heard what was in the dossier, and before we publicly backed Liz in the leadership race, we both went to see her to ask about it and verify that none of it was true. Liz was adamant, and I honestly believe this line was written with no front to it, like, whatsoever, purely unintentional, and obviously aware that she was in for a dirty and rough ride. Right. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, um. <laughs> I mean she doesn't actually have much to say about the Liz Trust Ministry or the budget other than that like it was the conspiracy what done it um, but Liz mm. Liz gets out pretty quickly Rishi gets in the movement have their man in power they immediately begin by discrediting him and his wife because they hate wives to control yeah. him um, night of the long wives laughter and once Rishi is in line, they are able to achieve their ultimate goal, which I assume has happened. And I shit you not, this is the main goal of the movement here: raise corporation tax to twenty five percent.
0: We fucking did it, gang!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Illuminati have finally triumphed, and now corporation I mean, tax is twenty five percent. Fucking take yeah. that, Starbucks. It back. is
4: kind of a statement on how parochial a political culture this country has that you can get through this whole like riddled with references to bond villains and all this stuff that's like this global spy conspiracy it's like because mm. deep down they wanted to change the day of bin collections.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's this like, is every serious people read this like, oh my God, that's horrible. It's it, it do that. It is like Tory incest because they're fighting over the same five policies. But like the thing is, right, she she goes to such lengths to articulate this and she brushes over a couple of much better conspiracy theories. If I was a money man of the globe, I think I would introduce an eighth bin
5: <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot and yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that's what I would do but, I but like for instance
2: she used to work at the Department of Health in the office opposite from uh, beloved Matt Hancock later this parish and she, she and, and head injury Poirot arrives at the scene of him being seen on camera and goes that's funny I had a camera like that in my office pointing at the balcony and someone must have turned it 180 degrees to face his office it's weird how no one in the media picked up on that I don't have anything further to say about it. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Wait, for the benefit of clarity, she's the one who got the Gina Coldangelo, whatever her name was, footage, the, the ass grab that yeah, down someone did.
2: And she she's like clearly aware of how it happened. And she's like she she knows there's a cover up, she knows no one's interested in reporting on how, and she just leaves it there because she doesn't care. This,
4: this does seem to happen a lot, it's like, oh yeah, you know, they were having a, a pint down the pub that everyone knew was like the global international pedophile conspiracy hub. Anyway, they changed the bin day. There's and the, it's like yes. no further mention required. She's so
0: incredibly yeah. bored British geezer paparazzi. In the documentary, yeah, we had that camera trained on the Dean Dorries's balcony for weeks. Yeah, nothing doing, she was only fucking interesting Boris, and he weren't gonna. <laughs> fuck her. In the end, we said, Look, fuck it turn it around on Hancock. If nothing else, we'll catch him coloring in. And that very same day,
2: <laughs> what should happen? Yeah, also, I made well, 48 million pounds out of that. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse, too. There is another conspiracy theory here that she glosses over that will make you much angrier. She says, an event equally unimaginable to the plot to remove Boris had taken place in Theresa May's government when her own Remain ministers negotiated with Labour to remove her and impose a temporary David Lidington, Jeremy Corbyn-led government and rerun a second referendum. It was only when Corbyn insisted on being the named prime minister that the plan fell apart. And she ends that there. That's it. That's all you get of that. Why the fuck couldn't we have had that conspiracy? Temporary Corbin. <laughs> so 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 she goes back to see Boris. We don't
4: trust him not to change the bin day.
2: <laughs> so so it's she... going to be Corbin
0: day now.
4: <laughs> he knows his time is limited. He can only do one thing. That's one thing he's been waiting his whole political career to do. Mm. The bins are orange now. <laughs>
2: we so, don't fucking know why. Things so, so, are woke. So, so she goes back to see Boris, having talked to IDS and talked to all these anonymous sources, um and she tells him: Cummings is Gove, Gove is Cummings, Smith is Gove, and Gove is Smith. Doctor noah is everywhere. Hamas is ISIS, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Okay, it sort of
0: becomes kind of Hilaire Belloc towards the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then I, I've just separated out this quote from this interview. Only the previous week we had been chatting on the phone as Carrie reprimanded Boris for eating cheese intended for his son's lunchbox.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is my Manchurian Candidate activation phrase. I
3: I didn't expect
0: it to come up
2: tonight, but fortunately I have no idea what that movie is about. So I won't be able to take any action. And then, then, so uh, throughout uh, the phone call to Boris keeps getting cut off and she's like, oh, maybe it's the deep state. No, no. It's because Boris is having the conversation and he keeps putting his head in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> He's You're just beautiful like beautiful me for real. Baby belt. <laughs> 3.32am, going back for more lunchbox cheese. You,
0: I'll tell you this from experience, Eugene, You can't eat the red bit. Tastes fucking vile. But if you
5: get... <laughs> well, that, that's what, Look, that's what the money men in the globe really hate. They hate... They hate guys who love treats mm, yeah yeah. they hate so, wives they hate true. treat it's guys true. so, That's so why they got rid of riley they, they
4: knew that humans will achieve superhuman powers if they start eating the fucking red plastic <laughs> on baby bell so they have to stop
2: <laughs> it, so, prevent it. So, so she can't get through some while he's housing baby bell so she goes to see him in person <laughs> nadine i've shoot a cricket ball what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and i i just know i just know here this is something that you would write about a particularly precocious child boris has been writing in a notebook and i think it was carrie who told me that he makes a note at the end of each day before he goes to bed which is an impressive new year resolution many writers set and fail to achieve yeah. that's I mean, so true actually. and and then and then they get two cups of tea and he drinks both of them this is <laughs> this is this is the, the you know, brain genius hour we we
4: we heard a rumor that Boris Johnson was gonna lose his seat in twenty nineteen. Turned out to be wrong because everything mm. fucking went to shit. And we still have the blue WKD that we were gonna drink if he lost in our office. Yes. It's, it's clear, clear now. The and then we were gonna drink it if he died of COVID and he didn't. So we couldn't drink it. It's still there. And in I no think way, if you drink it now, you might die of COVID. <laughs> I feel bad because it's like in the it's like the in the one eyed in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king, mm. in the land of a, of no charismatic politicians whatsoever, where everyone is either comes across as like a sex creeper, just like a human worm. Oh, this yeah. guy who's just like i'm gonna drink both mugs of tea and eat birthday cake for breakfast and shag a lot like mm. you understand why people are entranced by Oh, him. of course you understand yeah. why every time the bbc puts a male or female reporter to interview him one-on-one they make fuck me eyes at him the whole time <laughs> he's just got this power just oh, by yeah. being
2: relatable in a way that jacob Rees-Mogg is not from the baby bells possibly um mm. also we, we pass over some stuff where it's like oh dougie smith this tory dark arts guy he he has a lot of contact with He's like anti-corbyn labor people uh sue gray mm. shows up i'm uh, not going to investigate this because we're more interested in boris I feel
5: like there's too many characters now it's giving like yeah a very, yeah, yeah. Whoa, like, well we're giving like a very oppenheimer situation where yeah. you haven't really read up it's like who you're the like,
0: fuck sure. are these
2: people yeah. it's yeah. giving infinite jest yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah yeah sue gray is um, but like the nuts and bolts of this are not that scandalous she's just being selective like she's in fucking boris whatsapp groups right this isn't fine whatever However, we get to the point where Boris realizes that Rishi has done him in, right? And he says Boris smiled. We were meant to be Batman and Robin Wallace and Gromit Achilles and Patroclus Spongebob and
3: Squidward
0: Can I just say, you know, me and you were like Achilles and Patroclus. You know, you, you look like a bloke, but I'd still shag you.
4: <laughs>
2: but it wasn't. I mean, if
4: there's any British politician you could conceive of living in a pineapple under the sea, it's Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> what, to get away from the child support people.
2: <laughs> oh no,
0: they have a submarine. shit! <laughs> and I just th- <laughs> they can't repossess really this technically. I just think it's in
2: international waters. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did Rishi possibly want to betray a man who's like, yeah, you are grommet. <laughs> Every day of my life, this Goldman Sachs guy goes into work, and his boss is like, "Yeah, what's up? You're Patroclus and also Grommet." I would betray yeah. this man. Do you want half? A, do you want half a baby belt unwrapped? It's uh, so, called so, buggery, Grommet. So, so uh, we uh,
0: believe it confers strength.
2: So, so at this point. We have to get to the dark heart of the conspiracy. And the dark heart of the conspiracy lies with two old Tories in a vicarage up the M1. And (laughs) Wait, hang on. Are these people Russian assassins? Like what? (laughs) Uh, Well, you may think so, because she Hmm. she does codename them and she codenames them in Bond style Bambi and Thumper. And this this brings me to my favourite line of the whole book. I'm not sure I can read it without laughing. They're old, old men. They're like Tory Party of old. Death is waiting just ahead of me," said Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a movie Nadine has seen.
0: <laughs> he
2: saw what happened to his mum. So they they tell her about all of the Tory sleaze, right? And it's, again, it's the bin collection stuff because it's stuff that, it's someone's office gossip, right? That it's it's born of someone who has never had a proper look in the whip's blackmail file, but it's stuff that they've heard around. And because Doris has like never alluded to anything in her life, she just goes, can I just shock you? A number of MPs have been arrested for possessing child pornography. Blazes right past that to go to oh and also one time an MP like fucked a sex worker on a billiard table while four others watched Which is weird, but very legal And yeah. those two things are of equal import in the plot the political assassination of Boris Johnson because it doesn't it's all just sleaze to her It doesn't register um, So she talks to Bambi and Bambi says, you know, he unveils the dark heart of the conspiracy and says Dougie Smith has no interest in any policy area other than the woke agenda, and as in, you know, making it a wedge issue, uh, and control of areas in which people become puppets, and that includes the Prime Minister. Back to my earlier point, and the dominance of sexual relations in the party, it is extraordinary how much happened, going right back to the days of Portillo, how many people lived together, slept together, and did business together. The theme is hanging overhead by a thread. The gay network. <laughs> has always been strong throughout the party. And as I was obviously a big supporter of gay marriage, I am not passing judgment in any way. (laughs) Well, listen,
4: you may have your secret gay CIA that's doing all sorts Uh of homosexual conspiracies, but I do like it when you guys have weddings, okay? So... (laughs) <laughs> not your enemy. Uh, do you mind getting the heart attack gun and shooting my enemies and uh-huh. not me? I know you have that power.
0: Mm. The gay network immediately getting sued by ITV4 for breach of copyright.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was the gays. It was the gays what done it. It was the evil, Tory, anti-woke gays who want to jack up corporation tax, keep us in the EU, lock us down forever. And do abject transphobia. I mean, yeah, they've got into some weird free
0: economic shit where if you bring up corporation yeah. tax to a certain level, there'll be more saunas. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, the only electoral, like, the only successful politically part of this has been the transphobia, which is just my fucking luck. Um, but fine, that's the depraved conspiracy brought to the light. How does Nadine, fearless truth seeker, respond? My fingers were greasy from the butter and the shortbread, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> and i was struggling <laughs> to hold a pencil <laughs>
4: <laughs> thanks nadine that is that does seem fitting that you're getting the secret the conspiracy <laughs> so Reveals, nice. but you can only write it on paper but you just happen to have your fingers comically smeared with <laughs> butter and fudge and you would keep dropping the pencil so the secret remains unknown. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: ironically, my fingers were greasy from a shortbread is exactly the line you would get in a Tory slash fiction as well. <laughs>
4: I was going to say, I mean, like, it, it slipped d- effortlessly into Portillo's ass. <laughs> I, I wasn't ex- I, I was going to say, I wasn't expecting it to suddenly turn into like Italo Calvino writes the dumbest book you've ever heard in oh, your yeah. life. But mm. like,
2: You tell me. Foucault's pendulum, yeah. So from here on in, last like 50 pages or so, it gets properly lunatic. Like, I shit you not the Rothschilds show up. Because these two unnamed, totally uncorroborated old bastards who may not exist go, you know what it is? It's the gay network of Michael Portello, Peter Mandelson, and... One of the Rothschilds. I lose track of this at this point.
0: Very, very buttery shortbread.
4: (laughs) He slipped on a shortbread and unfortunately passed away. You bringing back T. E. Lawrence to deliver the bad news? No, this is
2: this is fucking Peter Mandelson's buzzer. Well, no, I know that, but I'm just <laughs> know thy law. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to hit you with a couple of like very very quick hits before we wrap up of the writing style of this that I've skipped over. For the first time ever, there is a man waiting in the wings who is connected to the money network of the world, and of course they hate it when the plan doesn't go to plan. Magnificent. We all remember that famous line, I love it when a plan goes to plan. <laughs> the martinis were neither shaken nor stirred, and I sipped wide-eyed and steadily as he spoke. <laughs> what, well, they were just
0: uncombined? Yeah, sort of she <laughs> of- had like
2: a deconstructed martini. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like taking a sip
0: of several little glasses, and then gargling.
4: It's just like she's having a seizure in alternating between writing the YA fiction and trying to complain to the management about bad oh, yeah. drinks, and mm-hmm. we're just getting
2: all of it. Yeah, and the coffee at number 10 was terrible. So she goes yeah. back, well, incidentally, one of the anonymous sources goes, oh, by the way, you're right about the coffee at number 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, so They she...
0: hired me to piss in it every day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she goes back to Boris, and she asks what he reckons, and Boris, this is t- it takes the form of an epilogue, right, where she's like, come back, Boris, you're the only one who can save us. And Boris calls himself a coiled mamba, which she does not know I what mean, that is.
4: <laughs> I can imagine Boris Johnson referring to a coiled mamba,
2: but yeah. I feel as though... we haven't tamed my coiled mamba. <laughs> a specific part of his body, yeah. And, and and he goes, yeah, maybe I'll think about it. And, and she ends there, but there is one beautiful line in here, about two-thirds of the way in, where she says... When writing a book, it is always a pleasure to finally encounter the words, the end. And I can only say, it's so much more of one reading this. (laughs) 336 pages, I did this. Overnight, I read this because of Riley. (laughs) To bring you the truth, to bring you the truth that a sinister network of gay Tories Brought down the only man who has never made a mistake in his life. Well, the only straight Tory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah, you know he. not want me to lead, I love so,
1: pussy.
5: So does this straight man? Yeah. Does this just imply then that the gay agenda is fundamentally to raise corporation tax up to twenty five percent?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There we go. But
4: I mean, I just, like I said, it's just so parochial in the sense that, like, if the the conspiracy was that if you eat all the wax on a baby bell, you get night vision, like eating a mushroom in Metal Gear Solid 3, <laughs> that would at least be like, hey, I can understand that's an important thing to bring to the world. Mm. But this is, just seems to be like, yes, some people, enough people in Parliament didn't like Boris Johnson, so they got rid of him. Like, that's what happened to Thatcher. That's what mm-hmm. happened to lots of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's not an assassination. That's just your job. That's just the way it works yes
2: yeah it's sort of jfk like independently falls out of the limo cracks his head on the tarmac <laughs> sort of tries to yeah, open if, the if door if enough people yeah. don't vote for jfk then it forms into a bullet that kills him <laughs> <laughs> the election that kills you instantly yeah uh, tell me have you ever had
0: a baby bell <laughs> uh, once you bite through the plastic on the outside they're quite delicious in oh, the yeah. middle i don't think castro has access to this kind of cheese oh yeah this communism uh, despite its red nature could not produce the humble even a regular sized bell would be beyond the wit of stalin and his acolytes I
4: mean, it's, it's, in a way it's interesting that JFK has Boston Asimo controlling him being controlled by Mark Wahlberg, at least mm. based on your <laughs> accent there.
0: Uh, it is my understanding that Kim il Sung has to contend with
2: Dairy Lee cheese. <laughs> uh, well, I have brought you The Plot by Nadine Doris, and we've all survived it, so congratulations to us. We have. And thank you to you and to my co-hosts for enduring it also. Yeah. Rest in peace, Riley's stomach. Rest in peace
4: to Riley's tummy. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So before we go, uh, we just want to let you know that we have merchandise. We have t-shirts. Many of these Mm. shirts we don't sell except at live shows. Uh, Mm. And so if you're interested in, as Riley would say, do you have a torso? Do you want to cover it? Uh, There are options at the door. As Riley would say say right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look. I've got a three-month-old baby at home, so I do appreciate him not just muscling through and giving us all norovirus so I can be death-shitting while holding a death-shitting baby. I just, you know what? <laughs> <Yeah>. Respect <laughs> to Riley I, for making this that, decision. That's a power move, to be shitting yourself, looking your baby
0: in the <laughs> eye while it shits itself. That is like, I, I, we can I, both
2: I, go there, pal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to clean this up?
2: <laughs> I, I admire Riley much more now that I have tried to corral you fuckers on stage, and am faced with the impossibility of ending the show. But I'm gonna do it now. We have been Trash Future. Thank you so much for coming. Good night. See you on the way out.